Welcome to our podcast, Real Talk. We're your hosts, Mary Contrarian Starfish. On this podcast, we will explore stories about conspiracies, misinformation, lies and deceit in politics, and how it ruins people's lives. Please subscribe and listen to wherever you get your podcasts, and we look forward to having you with us. Hello, Starfish. How are you? I'm okay. How are you, Mary Contrary? Pretty good. We're going to start this story out. We have another great one this week. This story is about a guy named Nevin Shapiro. He duped investors into believing that if they invested in his grocery wholesale scheme, they could make a 10 to 26% profit every month from it. He then used the money to recruit high school athletes for football and basketball using the money to pay for strippers, jewelry, probably like the whole nine yards to get these kids into this program (laughs) with the University of Miami. Wow. Well, he knew their currency, I guess. (laughs) Strippers. Right? Pretty crazy stuff. He basically created this giant Ponzi scheme. Okay. So it's kind of borderline with uh, Lori Laughlin story, Mm -hmm. the admission scandal story, but like just a little bit different. Okay. This guy, Nevin, he was born April 13th of 1969. He was born in Brooklyn, New York, to a Jewish family, and he moved with his family to Miami Beach, Florida, at an early age. He graduated from Miami Beach Senior High School in 1986. And like just an interesting little fact that we'll throw in is one of his classmates was the future Rush Hour director, Brett Ratner, if you guys are familiar with any of that. So he was pretty much, like, obsessed with, like, the Hurricanes football team at uh, UNM. Despite being obsessed with the Hurricane and Miami in general, he was forced to go to the University of South Florida in Tampa because it was a cheaper public option. And unfortunately, he got kicked out when he was a senior. In 1990, when he was a senior, he was expelled after he cold-cocked a student referee during an intramural flag football game. So, Oh, man. (laughs) yeah so then after that he's like well i just got kicked out of college i mean that would suck as a senior yeah to like throw all that away all that time i don't know what his major was or anything like that but that's kind of a lot of time i guess in 2000 like he started this company that would make him the miami hotshot and future convicted felon that he now is (laughs) capital investments usa was the name of the company they bought wholesale groceries and flipped them or claimed that they did this they flipped them in more expensive markets for a profit basically so he was doing like (laughs) some sort of wholesale grocery business and again it's like these people set all this shit up every single time they like go to all these efforts of these things and it's probably something that they could legitimately make money at that's what drives me crazy It's just crazy. So basically it was revealed in the court documents that he never actually resold any of the groceries. He set up a Ponzi scheme. So he would get all these investors involved that were giving him all this money, like millions of dollars, you know, like he was able to convince them to do that. And then he would use one investor to pay the other investor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. that's kind of how the Ponzi scheme works. Sure. So it makes it look like they're legitimately making money. Like maybe the first two or three investors, 
Right. But it's actually not the case because it's being paid for by other investors. Except how long did this thing last? So, yeah, that's part of the timeline. And basically, this whole thing happened from 2002 to 2010. So eight years. It's amazing how long it takes yeah. to figure this out. Oh, for real. Because, I mean, if you're turning and burning and, like, paying people off as you go, you know, you can probably make it last a while doing that kind of stuff because it makes it look like, oh, yeah, this is really happening. And it's just, like, all fake stuff. As long as it's you continue kind... to get new people. And I'm so yeah. curious as to why these new people would invest in this particular thing. Maybe I'm not understanding it, but he was just going to buy, like, cheap groceries and sell it to rich people? Like, go go up to the bag and buy and just buy old used food and just go peddle it down in the rich neighborhoods or something? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, honestly, just from my limited experience with, like, products movements and stuff like this, it's a common business practice with the grocery industry to have wholesalers like that where they go out and they find where they can get like something really cheap from the source and then they'll go and sell it for a lot more to make a profit they probably have like a certain profit margin that they have and so then they go back they go and then sell it to like whole foods or one of those places they'll find like the bigger grocery chains and sell it for more money that's kind of how it works yeah so i can totally see i mean this went on for just about 10 years so I can totally see how people would get duped into that. And especially if you are seeing the returns for five or six years, you're not going to think, oh, well, this is like total crap, like all made up stuff. And I think he could have gotten away with this for longer if he wouldn't have been so greedy with everything. But see, when this kind of stuff happens and you get all these investors on the line, which we've seen with all these fraud stories from people, once you get all these investors involved, and you're just taking all their money. These people just get so greedy. They buy up, you know, <laughs> properties. So he's trying to make a name for himself because he's only like five foot five. So he's a short little guy. You huh. know, that's pretty short for a guy. Yeah. So like total like little man syndrome, like 100 percent. I heard him refer so. to as Caligula. Just so selfish and so even screwed over some of the people he was scamming with. Or was it just him? I think it was him, and then he recruited, like, a real estate investor, like a big one. Basically, it kind of fell apart in 2009, because that's when the financial crisis was going on. (laughs) And so, of course, like, all of it started to fall apart. Yeah, that all the weaknesses will reveal themselves in a time of crisis. Yeah, yeah. When everybody wants to pull their money out. Yeah, 100%. So the investors are, like, trying to figure out where their money is all going because things were going on. Yeah, Um, right. That's exactly what happened to Bernie Madoff. Yeah, it's the same thing. And honestly, he was living the high life. I mean, he thought nothing of spending, like, twenty to 30000 or more on a single night out on the town. Jeez. He spent like $25,000 every weekend gambling on college football between 2005 and 2009. He was doing that. Wow. Like every weekend. Imagine that just dropping 25 grand. It's almost like, okay, well, I, I know I'm not legitimately doing this, so I'm just going to blow it all while I have it. I might as well enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's kind of the mentality. And I think he was trying to make a real name for himself. Like, he wanted to look like this hotshot recruiter for all these athletes that went on to, like, the pros. He would go and buy him, like, big pieces of jewelry to wear. He would go out and buy diamond jewelry for these people. It looks Hmm. like he just did everything. He spent $5 million gambling on sports alone. 
Well, and that, um, it makes me wonder with that, it's like the gambler's fallacy, you know, oh, maybe I can win it back. Right. Maybe I can get the money somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just never, ever honestly works out, you know? Yeah, so, right. yeah, it's just crazy. And he became the booster for UNAM, it looks like in 2001. And then in 2005, because he'd been doing this for a few years, and he's like, oh, look at all this money that I have now. You know, I can do whatever I want with it. I have all these investors believing that they're making all this money. Mm -hmm. So in 2005, he purchased an $8 million waterfront mansion in Miami that came with a $50,000 per month mortgage. So I'm like, wow, must be nice to have that. Goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Like... And then in 2005, he donated 150000 to the University of Miami to have the new student lounge named in his honor. <laughs> I was going to, I was waiting for the part where oh, he, yeah. like, <laughs> came and bitch slapped that school right back. for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Through his generosity, quote unquote, and partying, he became friends with famous athletes like Shaq O'Neal, Kevin Garrett, Dwayne Wade. He bought a yacht. He gave out the diamond-encrusted jewelry just for fun to people he barely even knew. Yeah, he basically used approximately $38 million worth of client money on personal expenses from 2005 to 2009. Wow. Jeez. I mean, that's more than most lottery winners get most of the time that I see. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. All started to fall apart in November of 2009 because of the recession. And it was actually Chicago real estate investor Sherwin Gerald that sued him in voluntary bankruptcy after he stopped making payments to all the investors. Because it looks like he was basically lying to even the big tycoon ones that he recruited, too. That's pretty bad. Yeah, how did he get these people to give him $38 million? At least $38 million. I still can't believe that sometimes. I know. It's like, like, these people must have like an extraordinary gift for Gab. They just must be the type of people that can just like use car salesmen. They can talk you into some shitty car that doesn't even hardly work. Yeah. And like overcharge you like by thousands. That's like the type of people I feel like they are. Like they Mm -hmm. just lie to everybody all the time to get what they want. And just like total lowlifes trying to make a name for themselves yeah make them look important apparently this guy has a reputation that definitely precedes him it's just totally crazy so he started the company in 1998 which is crazy because maybe he was done with college by then so you know how i told you before with some of these stories where it's like they end up being around someone that shows them how to do stuff like this Mm -hmm. so he's another one his mother ronnie married a financier named richard a adam and so for three years with shapiro in the house adam was the subject of an fbi investigation for orchestrating a fraudulent loan scheme (laughs) so the feds actually tracked mr adam across europe and canada where he was arrested in 1997 and later sentenced to three and a half years in prison for fraud. And by then, that's when Shapiro had ventured into wholesale groceries, a business that he ultimately used to dupe all these investors. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, so learn from stepdad. Showed him the ropes, huh? Yeah, I think that's what happened there. And then he was like, oh, well, I'm already in this wholesale grocery business mm-hmm. that's doing okay. So maybe I can recruit a bunch of investors. And maybe his stepdad gave him ideas on how that works and how to do that. Right. So wait, what was the part about the hookers again? Um, <laughs> what he would do was he, th- he threw these lavish parties for these athletes. He would recruit them in, you know, just sucker them in and be like, all right, I'm going to get you guys whatever you want for tonight. 
they went to like all the five-star restaurants there in miami and he bought them jewelry he like bought them strippers um Mm. he also paid for an abortion because one of the athletes impregnated some girl all sorts of stuff trying to impress them trying to get them to invest too i mean athletes are a pretty good market they make a lot of money and a lot of them are young and not very skilled with their money probably yeah it's like child actors or something you know yeah and it kind of sucks because he had more than 60 investors largely from naples italy indianapolis and chicago weird because that's where a lot of the real estate tycoon like a lot of his clients were in those areas and they were funneling those investors to nevin shapiro through that tycoon real estate guy yeah so (laughs) yeah and including barry alvarez like alvarez had sixty thousand or six hundred thousand invested so you know, some of them didn't have as much money, but a lot of them were like millions of dollars. And some of the investors lost everything, hmm. which is really not good. Yeah, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, right? how did yeah, they so, become so rich and, well, I don't want to say stupid, but like, why would you give all your money to some little kid? Right. Like I said, this went on for like nine years undetected. So to them, it seemed like, oh, I'm making like a 10 to 26% return every month. Isn't that like excessively large return? Yeah. That's the other thing too. I mean, I'm not really sure in the wholesale grocery business, like what a good return is. I'm assuming that's pretty high return. I feel like there's rarely a return that's that much, 10 to 20%. I don't know. That seems like so unbelievably high to me, but... I'm just thinking of accounts, not really business, having not really been in a business like that before. But still, that would make me suspicious too. Like, oh, 20%. Hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's better than some of the ones that are like 50 or the one that I was involved in where it's like you're going to be a millionaire in less than a year, you know, stuff like that. But true. Still. Yeah. I guess if you're smart and you put it in a reasonable range, the lady who ran yours, that was so dumb. She was taken down in a year because she oh, yeah. ran it so smart, you know, like, oh boy. Well, this is a crazy story. Yeah, 100%. I love that. I love the, that he named, had the student center named after him too. The student lounge. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it still is. We'd have I to go know. look. I wanted to Google it as soon as you were saying. I'm like, hmm, is the school change it back? They're right. like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it just I mean, sh- it, that that to me really shows how low self-esteem he really had that he needed that it's crazy oh 100 like and he's currently serving a 20-year sentence i guess That's they they sent him home actually during covid last year of course. so he's serving out the rest of his seven years now at home and then he has to pay back 80 million to investors 80 million huh so yeah. does it say how much he had he was able to swindle total? Yeah, like $930 million. Uh, so he swindled $900 million and he only has to pay back eighty. Yeah. I'm telling, I'm telling you, Mary Contrary, we need to get into the business of crime. You get to stay at home all the time after you're, you know, you get to go home. You don't even have to go to jail. Oh, no, I can find a home and I have to spend my $810 million, oh, 20 whatever. Holy crap. <laughs> I think it's worth it. 
<laughs> I'm, no ready. I'm ready. I mean... I'm ready to start the scam. <laughs> we already know the pieces. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, this is so bad. I oh know. my it's god! Like, I, I don't know. Like, well, that's what you look at every time, right? Like, we've had stories where it's like it's a pretty good return on investment if you think about it. Like the guys, yeah. There was these one guys that it was like two to three years or something in jail. Yeah. yeah. And not that big of a fine for how much they rip people off. It's like, how is this even like, I feel like if you cut their legs or their arms off, they would probably not want to do stuff like this a little bit more. Or if there's like a little (laughs) bit more. That's cruel and unusual. But you know, they should have to pay back every freaking penny that they stole. Yeah. I think the hard part is proving how much they stole. Yeah. Um, But then why is the amount that they have to pay back not the same amount? Because... It's really no wonder people do this all the time. I get it now. It's just easier. If you asked anybody, would you be willing to spend even 10 to 20 years in jail for $800 million? Everybody would say yes. Right? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, I'd do that. Oh, my God. I but, just, if but if they were like, well, you're going to... Sp- you're going to be put in a confined room for the rest of your life in the dark and we're just going to slide dinner under the door. I think that would deter people a little bit more from stuff like this. Right. And you you don't get to spend a penny of it. And my hope with this guy and with others is that they blew so much of it that they really are going to have to figure out how to pay that $80 million back. Like they're screwed. But I doubt it. These people know they put that money away somewhere. It's stashed. Right, yeah. And then they were just waiting to get caught anytime. They're like, okay, just go ahead and, at this point, I have it all stashed away. I don't know. I'm just so grossed out right now by our system not punishing these people more. Oh, I agree. It's really pretty horrendous how how much that they're able to rip off of all these people. And the other thing, too, is the investors. If I had millions of dollars like that, I would be wanting to get some sort of, like, insurance on that. I mean, I don't know if you can, if it's, like, such a high amount, but, boy, I'd be real careful about who I'm working with. I'd want to know everything about them, especially now after everything I've been through. Right. Um, like I don't know about it? trades, but I know the FDIC insures it for what, like a million or something. You would think there'd be some sort of regulation on this too, where it would be like, okay, we'll reimburse you for a million up to a million per transaction or whatever. But still, again, so that would mean no transaction. You should never do more than a million or whatever the cutoff is. But I don't even know what advice to give people here. It's obviously hard for people to see that these are scams. If you're just investing it with a person, you just literally hand them a check. It's not like it goes through any process where you're like buying stocks or pushing it through a banking system even. You could just cash it. It's unbelievable. It is. It's pretty crazy. So there you have it. It's Nevin Shapiro. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Real Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. We look forward to having you on our next one.